Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Hey guys, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to this session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. The title of this session is Frustrated Veterinarian to Network Marketing Superstar, the Dr. Dan Moore Story. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Uh, I'm excited to be able to share this session with you. If you happen to have a frustrated veterinarian that you want to share the network marketing business model with. This might be a good episode to share with them. That's really not the purpose of this. Uh, The purpose of this session is really just to share with you the predictability of what happens when three percenters, high performance people have a lot of skill sets and mindsets that they can transfer into the network marketing business model, the path that 95% of them find themselves on. And uh, I I hope you'll find great value from this. When I first uh, met Dr. Dan Moore, I would describe him as probably one of the hardest workers, smartest, most likable people I've ever met. Uh, He was a three percenter who had won all the awards and gotten all the accolades within uh, National Safety Associates, the company he was with at the time. But like many, his organization was just not duplicating and in many cases weren't even taking action or doing any type of work at all. When Dan saw what was happening within our organization, he quickly understood why we had the fastest growing organization in that company uh, at the time that we met. And really what separates Dan from most three percenters, just bottom line, he was humble enough to say, okay, how do I systematically develop the 27 percenters on my team? Because obviously they are not able to do what what I'm able to do. And I'm going to let Dan tell his own story and his own words. I think this will really speak to you guys. This talk was recorded years ago, but the principles and the lessons, without da- without a doubt, are needed more today than at any time in the history of the network marketing profession. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, podcast listeners, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Dan Moore being addressed or introduced by his mother, Jesse Moore. Enjoy this episode. You know, the the next thing that I'm honored to do is to introduce our next speaker. And I can really tell you that this young man holds a real warm spot in my heart. And it is my honor and my privilege. Uh, One thing I want to tell you about him, 
He's truly an unselfish helping hand to someone in need. Uh, it gives me great honor to introduce to you a Founders Club member, an Eagle Award winner, a top money earner, a trainer for me that made me overcome telephone reluctance. The telephone used to be as big as this auditorium to me. I did not want to talk to people uh, that had more education than me, and I don't have a lot. I'm just a grandmother. But he always said, my mother can do anything. So help me welcome to this stage my son, National Director from Unicoi, Tennessee, Dr. Danny Moore. stand here in front of you this afternoon, and I really am. This is, um, it, it, it's amazing to me that, that I have the opportunity to share my family story with you. Um, I guess Dale had a reason for that. He usually has a reason for everything he does, and uh, no doubt he had me stand before you this afternoon because he wanted to give you hope. I had a few of y'all, uh, just a few that kind of uh, talked about my straggly beard a little bit in that uh, last video we did. I want you to look at me 26 years ago. <laughs> These were my slump years. Heck, I was even streaking and didn't know why. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, but I had pretty good beliefs, believed in myself, managed to graduate with honors from high school, cleaned up pretty good in the end, continued to believe in myself. I had strong reasons. I liked trucks. I liked toys. I had reasons all my life, good strong reasons. Never do I ever remember not wanting to be a veterinarian and have dogs and cats and horses and all those wonderful things of life. I worked real hard all through life. And today we have it made, right, Kenny? That's right. This is Kenny and I in our plane not too long ago. And see, I'm giving the okay sign there. We absolutely have it made. No question about that. I owe my strong foundation to my upline, <laughs> right here, mom and dad. Um, yeah. They always encouraged me, they inspired me, they very seldom judged, and they never did it for me. And uh, I owe a tremendous amount to both of them. I even had a good sideline, my brother. <laughs> I love him dearly, to say the least. He's five years younger than I am, and 
Obviously, that's him there on the right. Had a lot of recognition all the way through school, all the way throughout my entire life, and eventually got that truck. This was my first veterinary truck. (laughs) Oh, wow. A lot of stuff in the back of that truck, a lot of memories in that truck, but that was my first truck. You know, I wanted to be a veterinarian so bad I couldn't stand it, and I eventually got that truck and became a veterinarian. Had an animal hospital. I even eventually got I even eventually got a beautiful bride. Took me a while, but I got the best you can find. Cheryl. We were married 16 years ago, August the 8th, I believe it was, right babe? <laughs> I should have put uh, captions on these slides, but that's <laughs> that's the right date, I'm sure. That was a pretty good sales job there, but it worked, to say the least, and I'm very, very happy today. But something was wrong with my life. I, I, I had a wonderful wife. I had a wonderful profession. I had all the nice things of life there. But, you know, the problem was, man, I was working all the time. Working, 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 practicing, 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 as Dale was talking about today. Heck, it even took me six years to figure out that part of marriage was duplicating. Six years. I'm a slow learner, Dale. As you well know, this was Stephanie. She was born 10 years ago. She's sitting over here. She was the light of our life, to say the least. problem is the more successful I became the busier I got you know it before it was over with I had two animal hospitals I had four veterinarians that worked with me I had 18 staff members and I had no time for anybody except work I was working all the time and I was getting pretty sick of it I mean I'd had it at both ends I didn't know which end was coming or going I'd had it up to here as some of y'all know what I'm talking about I'm telling you, I was running ragged. This was a good day. I put this next one in here to remind me of a bad day. Both arms broken by a bull. Had several broken bones. You know, you can always tell someone that practices large animal when you go to a veterinary convention because they usually walk with a with a limp, have a cane, have a plate in their head, have a scar, have something. You can always tell them, but this was a bad day. It's hard to practice with with broken arms, especially two of them. But you know, I did. Believe it or not, I was still out working cattle with two broken arms. I had no choice. I had to. I had to pay the bills. I was committed to that profession, right, Ken? I mean, I'd spent, you know, all those years in school. I'd spent all that money getting ready for practice, opening my practice. I was still working with two broken arms. But, um, you know, we made it through that hard day, and we made it through several more hard years. You know, but by most people's standards, I did have it made. I mean, I really did by most people's standards. Most veterinarians have it made, right? But, in, you know, I do think... Um, Without a doubt, very few veterinarians that I know of have much time for anything. And I was in that situation. My kids were growing up without me. Uh, Cheryl was fortunate enough to be home with the kids and be able to raise them like Kenny was talking about earlier. But, 
you know, I wanted to be there. I didn't want to get left out of what was going on there. So I felt like I had no time. At that time, I started looking at my options. You know, veterinary medicine wasn't getting me what I wanted out of life. As much as I loved it, it just wasn't giving me a life. I needed something else. So I truly started looking at my options. Oh, before it was over with, I had, I guess, one of my first businesses besides veterinary medicine was a boarding and grooming kennel. That went real well. I sold it. I also had a pet food distributing company. Back in 1984, I guess it was, that was at a time when, um, uh, well, it was very early in that industry period, but at that time we had a pet food that had antioxidants in it, that didn't have any preservatives, that we were talking free radicals and all this stuff in pet food. But it was before its time for veterinary medicine, and it took it a long time to make a profit. It's still in business today here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it's still in business here. I finally sold all my shares in it and uh, went on to other things. I also had a pest control franchise. We created a franchise, sold four of them, undercapitalized, and that was about the end of that one. <laughs> Our competitor took us over pretty fast. I had other businesses as well, but um, yeah, I was looking for my options. All my options that I considered were conventional business. I never looked at anything besides the things that people normally do. Back up, please. This was probably the worst thing that ever happened to our family, to say the least. Um, this was a time when, when Dad died uh, back in 1988. He died 10 years ago. Uh, I lost, Daryl and I lost a dad. I lost a mentor, a friend. Mom lost a lifelong companion, and uh, I was really in a slump, to say the least. This was the lowest point in my life. And, uh, you know, I eventually got over it. I got to a point where I realized that life does go on. Right, John? Right, Audie? You know, it does go on, and it did go on here. But uh, with the death of winter, usually comes the birth of spring, and... Next slide. We had another one join us in our family, and Dale, not the pig. I'm talking about Carson there. <laughs> Carson was born the next year after Dad, Dad died, and it uh, gave, us, gave us hope again, gave us a new life. Um, another extremely incredible day in our life was the day this little guy here was born. I tell you, with Carson and Stephanie... And with the loss of dad, I realized, I realized what it was like to be, you know, without a dad. And I, I've kind of put myself in a situation where my children might be without their dad. And I really started looking at the way things were at that time. I mean, I was really depressed with the profession and where I was and where I was going. Finally. Finally, I found network marketing. Finally. I mean, network marketing, the way I found out about it was through a letter from a colleague. A letter that said he was looking for five key people. Now, get this. Sound familiar? Five key people to help him expand his new environmental business. Five key people. Well, I got that letter, 
And I read it, and it got my attention just a little bit because the environmental industry seemed a little bit hot at the time. Seemed like maybe the place to go. But I tossed the letter in the trash. A few days later, I got a phone call from him encouraging me to watch a video. The problem was I asked him all these questions, and he answered them all for me. He made me realize that he was just talking about some type of Amway pyramid deal is what it sounded to me like. So I didn't, I didn't want the video. I told him, forget it. I wasn't interested at all. Guess what happened next? One of my associates actually got in the process of being recruited by someone else in town. Actually, someone else was going to recruit my associate. And I'd already lost plenty of associates, and I didn't want to have to train another one. And Charlie, this guy that called me, had told me that people were making a lot of money, and I figured if she got to making a lot of money, she might leave me in my veterinary practice and go do something else. Well, I got concerned about that, so I said, let me check it out. Before you sign up with him, let me call my friend Charlie and find out what this is all about. So I called Charlie, and I said, send me that video. See, fear of loss, right? Fear of loss. I called him and said, send me that video. Guess what? He didn't send it. I had to call him three times to get a video. Three times. Finally, his wife answered the phone, and she sent me the video. You guys are wonderful, but I finally got the video. Leave it up to a good woman, right? I finally got the video. Yeah. <laughs> I got the video, and I looked at it. And I saw people that had something I didn't have. And they had time and money. I kept spending all my money on all these new ventures. So I didn't have either at the time. But I saw plumbers. No, it wasn't a plumber. It was a groomer and a, and a drywall carpenter making $10,000 a month on this video and having time to enjoy it. That got my attention. See, I saw my mom in a rut at that point in her life, to say the least. Dad had just died. She was in a situation where she'd just gone through heart problems, broken a leg, you know, 50-some years old. Dad died at 56 years old. Mom was in a situation where she was going to have to go out and get a part-time job probably just to make it. And when I saw that video, I thought it was perfect for Mom. <laughs> True story, folks. I had Anthony's disease. I had two coolitis. But I did think it was perfect for Mom. And I remember taking that video at a dead run down to her house and saying, Mom, I finally found something for you. True. And I watched those videos over and over and over again. And I got excited. He actually sent me three. He didn't just send me one. He sent me three when, he, when his wife finally got it. Mom went to work. Mom went to work selling these environmental water and air filters that you've heard about. She went to work. I mean, she went to work like crazy. She worked hard. You can see her there, you can see her there selling the air filters with her motorhome. By that time, she'd been able to buy a motorhome. She worked hard like she does today. I was ignorant to the facts about network marketing. I would not even look at it 
throughout all the years of practice and all the years of trying all these other things, I can't tell you how many people I blew away that tried to show me network marketing. Some of y'all have heard some of those stories. But I'm telling you, what got my attention in this business, what really got my attention was a national meeting similar to this one. A national meeting held in Phoenix, Arizona that that company had. Now, I want you to pay attention here a little bit because I want to compare them a little bit. At that time, this ground floor opportunity was doing $360 million a year that I was a part of. $360 million. They had a national convention in Phoenix, Arizona. Guess how many people they had there? 8,000 people. How much did we do last year? 25? And we've got 5,000 people right here, right now. We are below ground floor here, I promise you that. But what I saw at that meeting was I saw other professionals. I saw doctors, I saw attorneys, I saw lawyers, I saw people from every walk of life that were making it in this industry and weren't being too cool about it. They were doing it. They were accomplishing things that I had tried my entire life to accomplish and hadn't been able to. And I'm telling you, my light bulb came on. My family got behind me, and we all went to work. I mean, I worked like dogs. We were a new, a new image. We were an NSA family at that time. This was my birthday party. You see the NSA? I'm telling you, folks, we worked. We worked hard. My wife stayed home. She took care of the kids. I hit the road. I did whatever I had to do to make it happen. We went to Holland. The company opened Holland. We went to Holland. Our organization in Holland did 10% of the company's total business the first month. While I was gone to Holland, mom was here running the business. We had the largest volume that month of any month we'd ever had, and I was gone. Mom was working it. That tells you how hard she was working. We built an organization in Germany. We built an organization in Mexico. We had people coming to the meetings in Mexico by the busloads. We had the first national marketing director in Mexico. That was exciting, folks. These were some exciting times for us as far as network marketing goes. We all worked it hard. I made it to the top of that company in 11 months. This was my sponsor, Charlie Moyers, another veterinarian. Made it to the top in 11 months. By that time, I'd already sold my practices. <laughs> this was the award he was giving me. <laughs> that says it all right there. Again, again, by most people's standards, I had it made. Y'all got that Mercedes, all the nice things? By most people's standards, I had it made in network marketing. I truly did. I had it made. Sometimes things aren't what they appear. See, I was, again, working, 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 doing it, right? I was so used to working all my life, I was just working it, working it and working it. Next slide. Here's the problem. I was not duplicating. I was making myself the issue. 
In fact, I only had a handful of people that were working. One of them sitting on the front row here, Ken Johnson. Mark Rush was with Ken. Y'all know Cindy? Cindy Royster? That was about all I had working in my organization besides my mom and myself. We were not duplicating at all. We were, I, I was traveling all over the place, being gone all the time. Heck, I would work myself right back into another J-O-B where I had no time for the family. Call it sacrifice or whatever you want to, but you know, I wasn't where I wanted to go in network marketing with this company. But fortunately with this company, I did meet some other people. I met Arnold Gregory. He's here, I'm sure. Cynthia Weaver. These were sideline folks. Buddy and Dolly Chismar. Met other people who became very close friends to me. And then I finally met this couple. Roger and Rhonda Wagers. Yep. I also met this lady, Carol Ely. These folks had something I didn't have. You heard it earlier. They were part of an organization that was growing, that was expanding all over this country, but mostly right here around Kentucky, an organization where everybody was doing the same thing where they had a duplicatable system, where they had meetings that were the same all over the state and in North Carolina. They had meetings that were the same wherever you went. They had training that was the same wherever. Every, they had the quick start. They had the plan of action. They had everything that I wanted. And you know what? They were fortunate enough to share it with me, and I wasn't even a part of their organization. They, they Here was the leader. Their leaders, Dale and Stephanie, that's the organization they were a part of. Do you know they did a quick start training for my organization? 120 people in Lexington, Kentucky, in a room no bigger than this stage. They had no financial gain whatsoever from doing that meeting for me and my organization, but they saw that I needed help and they gave it to me. And believe me, I needed help. I'm telling you folks, when I got what they had, we were on a roll. I went back to work. I went out spreading the word, teaching to my organization. I spent six months trying to implement this program that they had into my organization. I'm sure Mark and Ken remember these days. I mean, I was talking Dale Calvert. I was talking the system. I was talking the way, the way to duplicate. I saw that, finally saw that it took some type of system and that I couldn't make myself or anyone else the issue here. Finally, we had already moved to Kentucky thanks to the freedom that we did have with the, within the company. We'd moved to Kentucky, had a nice house, And then I got a call in the middle of the night from my sponsor. In the middle of the night now, and I'm not too awake in the middle of the night. But my sponsor called and he said, Dan, he said, Dale Calvert has resigned from NSA. And I said, what? Is he crazy? He said, I guess so. He's selling skinny pills. <laughs> True story. 
I guess so. He's selling skinny pills. Cheryl probably remembers it. I mean, I, whoa, man, I had just spent six months implementing his training in my organization. I can tell you every emotion imaginable went through me that night. I mean, I experienced betrayal. I experienced grief. I experienced, God, is it concern? Because you know, we had just spent two and a half years making fun of lotions, potions, and skinny pills. <laughs> and then Dale Calvert had resigned. Guess what? I called him the next morning. I woke up early. That's how bad it was the next morning. I don't ever wake up early. I woke up early and I called Dale and I woke him up. Like 8 o'clock or something. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what... That's not a good thing to do. But he was... Uh, he was nice on the phone, and I said, Dale, what's going on to you? Are you crazy or what? I mean, that's exact words. And um, he said, uh, well, Dan, he said, we need to talk. He didn't tell me everything on the phone. He said, we need to talk. So I said, okay. He said, I'll meet you in Louisville. We met over here at the Hyatt. In fact, I called my brother. I said, Daryl, you know, I told him the situation. Mom was out of town. I said, Daryl, we got to go. We... I'm going to go meet with Dale this morning. Dale's gone crazy or something. You want to go with me? I mean, that's about the, the way I felt. Daryl said, yeah, I'll go. I, and he went. And we met right over here in the Hyatt. I could probably take you to the exact chair and the exact table today. But we met right over there in the Hyatt. And Dale started showing me what he had. He started talking about these pills that people were taking and losing weight and deep down in my mind I knew they worked a little bit because I'd seen Carol Ely a few months earlier and Carol had actually lost 30 some pounds on these pills that she was taking. I truly thought it was going to be NSA's next product because that's what she implied to me and that's what I thought she knew or understood. But the point is, Dale started showing me what he had. He started going over this new system, and about five minutes into, the, into his little presentation there, Ron Frederick walks in. Now, I knew Ron Frederick because I'd met him in Mexico, and I met him at several other the national meetings, and I liked what I saw there. And that just added that much more credibility to it. You know, I didn't have a lot of credibility with the product. I didn't know that much about the marketing plan, but I knew doggone well that Dale Calvert knew what the heck he was talking about. And I jumped on board. The reason I am in this business is because of Dale Calvert and Ron Frederick. It's just as simple as that. I did my due diligence. I went to the library. I found out everything I could on herbs and so on and, and uh, convinced myself that it was a good product. But mostly what I came in on was someone that I knew very well by that time. Then I went to work. What happened was I was, I was actually terminated from the company I was with. Now, I had an income from my other businesses, but um, we had created a lifestyle that they, even that income wouldn't sustain because I was living off my lifestyle of network marketing, the income there. So I had to go to work. I mean, I had no choice. We had the new home. We had a new plane by that time. We had all these nice things of life. And I had to go to work. People ask me all the time how I did it, what we did in the beginning to get here. Well, all I did was go to work. I mean, I called everybody I knew. 
I worked day and night. I worked the time zones. I wouldn't call anybody in California until 12 or 1 o'clock at night because I knew it was still 8 or 9 o'clock there. I mean, literally work because I had to. There was no question about it. If I didn't work, we weren't going to have food for the kids. I mean, that's how bad it, it, it got. In fact, a loan was required cash flow-wise to make this thing happen in the begin with, in uh, the in the beginning. And maybe some of y'all have had to do the same thing. Maybe some of y'all are eating tuna fish sam- sandwiches at this conference. But I've been there, almost. You know, I literally had to go to work. Next slide. We went to work. We had a plane. We still had the payments on the plane, right, Daryl? By that time, Daryl was very much, he was very much involved from day one in this company. Not so much in the other company, but here we went to work. We went to South Carolina. We flew to Indiana. We flew to Michigan. We flew to Raleigh. We flew all over. Anywhere we had someone that would listen to us, that was our warm market. This guy right here finally came on board. Y'all know Big Dog. You just saw him earlier up here. He was my warm market, part of my warm market. I'm telling you, this guy was, like most male dogs, he was hard-headed. <laughs> he was the hardest-headed of all, I guess. And finally, um, Ken Johnson and Mark Rush came on board. I, I know they thought I was crazy. I mean, they probably experienced the same emotions I did when I got the message about Dale. Cindy Royster eventually came on board. Yeah. Arnold Gregory. Arnold, I knew he, he had long since been out of NSA. But I knew he had dreams that he had not fulfilled in NSA, and I think he'll agree that today he's fulfilled many of those dreams with new image. Arnold came on board. Cynthia Weaver came on board. Cynthia, by the time I rounded her up, she was way up in Pennsylvania somewhere in a new state, in a new town where no one knew her. And what did she do? But she went to work. All out massive action. We all went to work, right guys? Total massive action. I mean, she flat out did it in Pennsylvania. Buddy and Dolly Chismar. You know, they sponsored under Jim, came in the business. They were going crazy, working like mad. And, of course, they've probably got half the people in their organization here tonight. I mean, half the people here is probably in their organization. They've grown so hard, so much. See, finally, we had a system that everyone could follow. We had something that was duplicatable down to the most common denominator, down to the simplest of things. And you all know the system. But see, until you've experienced not having a system, you don't know what it's like to have one, maybe. Uh, That's right. The key was the system. I mean, without a doubt. Today, we've pretty much got it made. I mean, we really do. Our entire family has it made. Um... In fact, I don't know of another family that has it made as much as we do in network marketing, except those that you just saw a minute ago, and Kenny, and Bob, and Anthony, and Sean, and Fred, and a lot of others here. We all have it made, folks. We've all got it made.
Cheryl and I are living living a lifestyle like you wouldn't believe where some of our childhood dreams, most of our childhood dreams are coming true. We're you know, in the process of building a horse farm and you know getting those horses and Cheryl learning to ride and I'm trying to learn again. You know, getting in veterinary school, I had to sell all my horses just to pay tuition. Now we've got them again. In fact, I think we bought 11 in the last month and a half, two months. <laughs> but we are experiencing all those wonderful things of life. My kids aren't growing up without me anymore. They're sitting right down there, they've grown up a lot since this picture. But our family continues to grow with the dogs and the cats and the fish and, and the pets and the horses. And folks, there is no better lifestyle than what we have now because it is time and money. Money is no good without the time to enjoy it. And time is no good unless you've got money to spend while you are enjoying it. Our family is continuing to grow. We just had... Some of y'all saw it. <laughs> this was the barbecue we had, and we just had a great time. And, you know, y'all are our family now. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful group of people. And we had such fun time having y'all out there with us. Next slide. See, we've been able, to, we have been able to walk the beaches of the world. And we're going to continue to walk the beaches of the world. We decided to, you know, we almost moved to the beach. I wanted to move to the beach. And then I thought about it and we finally wound up on a mountain in Tennessee. <laughs> and a good mountain it is. You know, I mean, our, what I want, next slide. What I want is for you to be able to have your mountain. Whatever it is you want in life, I want you to get it. And I know you can. See, because if you can dream it, you can have it. And if you can do it, you can become it. But the simplest thing I know is just to decide to be it. And just go ahead and decide to be a national director with this company. Decide, decide, decide. And you'll have whatever it is you want in life. You know, we've, along the way, you know, you've got to treat every day like it was the last day of your life. You've got to treat it like it was that day before vacation. You know, where if you don't get everything done, you're not going to get to go. See, some of us tend to take it for granted. Some of us aren't doing what we need to do. We don't have that massive action yet, that get up and go, that gumption yet, to make it happen. But if you do, if you do what it takes, you'll be able to have whatever it is you want. This is my dream. This is our dream for you. You've got a path to go down. You've got a road to follow now. And along that road, you're going to have obstacles. You're going to have bumps. You've got to confront those bumps in the road head on. And you've got to take, let your reasons pull you out of the ditches along that road. And above all, you've got to keep your eye on your mountain, whatever it is you want. That's my hope for you. I hope your light bulb comes on at this conference. I'm telling you what, folks. Bear with me here. My light's on. 
<laughs> I love hats. And I'm going to light the path up for you. And there, everyone else here that can is going to light the path for you. I hope you don't miss this opportunity. I hope you get out of it what you want. Thank you all so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.